Mark chapter 5, verse 25 says, And a certain woman which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, had spent all she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. What tremendous faith. If I may touch but the hem of his garment, I know that he is so powerful that he could heal me with just the most simple, small touch of the edge of his clothing. I know that he could heal me just by touching his clothes. Lay your Bibles down. And I would say this morning I would be mindful of your time, and I will be. But I think that's part of our problem in the 21st century is we're so worried about our time. Instead of saying, Lord, just have your time. And I want God to do something today. I want God to speak to somebody today. I want somebody's life to be changed. So if you would allow me to preach what I feel, if you would allow me to get this weight that's been on my shoulders off this morning, I believe that God is going to minister in this house today. Raise your hands all across this house and pray with me. Father, we thank you for the privilege and the opportunity of coming into this place. We thank you, Lord, for the demonstration of your spirit. We thank you for your presence that we feel in this room. And God, I pray right now that our hearts and our minds would be open and receptive to everything that your spirit wants us to receive. I pray, God, that you would anoint this people to receive the word that you have given for them today. Anoint this preacher. God, anoint my voice that I may preach with boldness and authority, that I may preach concisely with clarity. God, I just want to see you move today. And God, my prayer in this message today is that if nobody else gets it, at least I would. If nobody else receives what I have today, God, at least I would. God, I want to be desperate. I want to be desperate. In the name of Jesus. Do you want to be desperate today? Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Desperate. There's something about people that are desperate. I have seen people in my life who are desperate. They have come up to me and they looked like they had nothing and said, Sir, could you spare a couple dollars? Could you spare a 10 or a 20? And they were so desperate that they did not care what I thought. They didn't care about their image. They didn't care about their pride. They didn't care about anything else because they were desperate enough to put everything on the shelf. They were desperate because their hunger outweighed everything else in their life. The psalmist, the Bible said, was a desperate man. The psalmist David, the Scripture would announce, was a man after God's own heart. And in fact, in the Scripture, it would give a word picture and say that he would see some deer and they would be running and they would run and as they would go after the water brook, he said, that's how I feel about my God. In Psalm chapter 42 and verse 1, he said, that is the way my heart feels is that these deer that are running to the water brook, I feel that way about God. And that's why he would say, as the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. There was something desperate in his life. Hannah was a woman who was desperate for something in her life. The Bible said that her womb would be laid barren and it would be empty. There was no life there. And it was something so important to her that she would go to the temple of God, the Bible says, and stagger her way in. And there she would beg and cry out to God and she would seek after Him. 
And she would do this so desperately and so drastically. The Bible said that the priest would speak to her and say, Woman, you are drunk and you have no place in the temple of God. But it was not that at all. In fact, there was something inside of her that was so vexed and so desperate for God to move. She said, I have got to get God no matter what it takes, no matter what anybody else thinks, no matter how it makes me look. I need Him right now. That's what the Scripture calls a deep calling unto deep. There is something inside that becomes so desperate in you. You don't care what anybody thinks or says. You have got to get a hold of God. The Bible says Jacob was so desperate that one night the angel of the Lord came and I believe it was truly God Almighty and he wrestled him and the Bible said the angel of the Lord, God Almighty said, let me go for daybreak cometh. And Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me, until you touch me. And your Bible says that God smote him in the hollow of his thigh. And Jacob, your name will no longer be supplanter. Your name will no longer be liar. But from this day on, your name is now Israel. You will no longer be called Jacob, but you will be called Israel, a friend of God. And I don't know what you need today. I don't know what you're so desperate for today. But I can tell you this right now with boldness. In this altar in a few moments, if you will get a hold of God and let go of everything else, He will change your life. He will make you different than you walked in those doors. You'll leave here and everyone will say, what has is, what is changed about you? What is so different about you? You don't even look the same that you did at 10 o'clock this morning. What has happened to you? You got desperate for God to do something. The Shunammite woman was a desperate lady. She said, God, there is something I need from you. I've not asked you for much, but God, there's something I want. I want a son. And the Bible said God was gracious and gave her a son. And then a little bit later in the scripture, it says that her son lay dead. And it said that her son lay dead in a room and that was built for a prophet. And the prophet came and told her of the promises of God and somebody came in and tried to push her out, tried to make her be quiet, but she said, I will not leave until God touches my boy. And the scripture says that her soul was vexed within her. She was desperate. And guess what it did? It got a hold of God's attention. And God raised that boy back to life. I'm telling you right now, if you've been praying for somebody, don't stop. If you've been fasting for somebody, don't stop. If you are seeking after God, don't stop. I know maybe you got a million things going on. But is there not one desperate man or one desperate woman who would stand to their feet right now and say, God, if nobody else needs it, I do. God, if nobody else wants it, I want you to move right now. The heart panteth, so does my soul after thee, O God. Be seated. Paul said he wanted to know God. He said, I want to know God better than everybody else. He said, I don't just want a flimsy relationship. I don't just want to date or be an acquaintance. I desperately want to know God. 
He said, I want to know God in a way others do not. That's why Philippians 3 and 10 would record Paul's words that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being made conformable unto His death. I would tell you today that you had better stay out of the way of a desperate man or a desperate woman because they will run you over. They're not interested in time. They're not interested in agendas or schedules. They're not interested in pride. They don't care what you think of them. If you get in front of a desperate man or woman, they will run you over. Why? Because their need is greater than their image. Their need is greater than what they have. They want God, and they know that only God can supply their needs. Not even the gates of hell can withstand a man or woman who are desperate. Not even the literal gates of hell can withstand a man, a woman, or a student that would say, no matter what, God is greater, and I need you. God, I'm desperate for you. Desperation. And I tell you a truth today, that prayer closets are not empty when people get desperate for God. I tell you today that we would push dinners aside when we get desperate for God. Can I preach to you what I feel this morning? I tell you that when we get worried enough about that son or daughter who is wayward in their life, that you can push everything else on the shelf and say, God, I don't care if I starve to death. I don't care if I spend hours on my knees and get calluses. My boy and my girl are worth everything that I'll give up. They are worth my life if my life is the sacrifice that is necessary. And I'm telling somebody in this house today, I don't know who you are. I don't know where you are. But there is somebody in this room under the sound of my voice that right now that God is trying to tell you if you will just get desperate. If you'll just say, Lord, it's all about you. I decrease so you can increase. I promise you He is going to hear you. He is going to open up heaven and He will come down today. When a church gets desperate, the sanctuary is filled with prayer and with worship. When a church gets desperate, altars are full. People are desperate. Desperate for God. Desperate for the God of creation. Because there are many gods in this world. There are many things that will try to steal and draw your attention away from the one true God. That's why the writer said in 1 John 2.15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Be careful where you put your attention. Be careful where you put all your focus and your time and your industry. Be careful what you make your God in your life. Be careful the things you are involved in and the voices you listen to. Because I tell you there are many gods in this world that will try to steal and rob and pull you away from the one true living God. That's why you have got to get wrapped up in the church. That's why you have got to stay where they preach truth. That's why you've got to listen to the people of God. That's why you've got to get around people that speak positive and encouraging. Get around people that pray and fast and seek God because they're desperate. They're desperate. They're desperate. And that word is so powerful because it means one who has lost all hope. One who feels like they are without. And I wonder today how many sit here and feel like 
How many feel like there is no way out of your situation? That there's no way through it because you're by yourself. I tell you that to be desperate without God is to be lost and without hope. But to be desperate for God is to find hope again. That's why the writer would record it like this in Acts 17, 28. For in Him we live and move and have our being. In Jesus Christ we live. If we have Him, we have life. That is why He said, I am come to give you life and life more abundantly. If we sow to the flesh, we will reap of the flesh. But if we sow to the Spirit, we are going to reap the Spirit. And let me tell somebody in this place this morning, I made my mind up a long time ago. As long as I have got breath in my lungs, I will go to the grave preaching with every ounce of passion and fire I have. But I'm going to tell you right now, I can't make you desperate for God. I can lead you. I can try to show you. I can preach to you. I can try to teach it, but I can't give you passion. I can't give you desperation. I can't give you faithfulness. I can show you how to be faithful. I can show you how to be passionate. But you got to get this deep down in here. I can't make you go to heaven. I can't make you come to a prayer room or to an altar before service. But I can tell you right now, if you get desperate for God, your world and your life will change. Your perspective will shift. There will be a paradigm that takes place in your life. That's why the scripture said, be not conformed to this world. Don't be boxed in by their ideologies. Don't be boxed in with the way that this world thinks. Because some of you need to remember that this world is not your home. Because some of you have your roots so deep in the earth down here instead of living according to the way that God has called you to live your life. You live according to your own way instead of according to His way. But when you get desperate for God, you live according to the Word instead of according to the flesh. That is why the Scripture said, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because there is a different world that we live for. And the way that some people live, it's very evident. The way that they act, the language they use, the way they treat their spouse. It's very, very clear that their roots are sunken into this earth. The Bible says, lay not treasures where thieves and moth and rust can come in and corrupt, but lay up for yourselves treasures beyond the blue. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but somebody needs to break away from this world. Somebody needs to get out of the clutches of this world and remember, you are just a stranger passing through. You are just a pilgrim passing through this world. It's not your home. I wish somebody would hear me this morning. I wish you would unfold your arms and you would say, yes, Lord, not my way, but your way. I'd have your will in my life. Refocus me, God. Realign me with your word. I want to be desperate. What will it take for you to get desperate today? Will it take cancer? Will it take sickness? Will it take a, a lost job or the fear of losing everything in your life? Does it have to become a child that is ill? What does it take for you to get desperate for God? I know you're desperate when you have cancer. I know you're desperate when there's no money in the bank account and the bills are due. 
I know you're desperate when your marriage looks like it's about to fall apart. But why do we wait until the crisis moment to be desperate for God? Why can we not be desperate on the mountaintop when everything is okay? We are desperate in the valley. But we're at peace on the mountain because we are not inconvenienced with the adversities of the trials of this life. And how sad is it when we can come to this place and we can sit in these seats and we can experience the presence of God and we don't even recognize that He is in the room ready to meet every need that we have. How sad is it when we become so comfortable in His presence that we cannot feel Him, that we cannot recognize Him. That we don't understand that there is an opportunity where the Lord of all glory and creation is calling us forward into a deeper, more committed covenant with Him. I would tell you today that when you want God like you want breath in your lungs, you will have Him. One young minister who was just starting in his ministry went to an old minister and said, Bishop, how do I have a ministry like yours? What, what do I have to do to see the success in ministry that you have seen? Tell me, Bishop, what do I have to do and I'll do it. And that old preacher took him down to a water brook and he said, young man, kneel down. And so the young man did. And that bishop took that young man's head and put it under the water and held him there. And while that young man was ranting and raving and thrashing back and forth trying to get out of that water, he was losing his mind, trying to reach for the bishop's arms to get off of him so he could breathe again. And finally, after a few moments, that old minister pulled the boy up out of the water and he started to gasp for breath and he said, Young man, what did you want most when you were under that water? And the young man said, Bishop, I just wanted to breathe. And that old preacher said, When you want God like you want breath in your lungs, you will have Him. I have said to somebody here today, when we want God more than we want to breathe, when we want God more than we want breath in our lungs, we will see signs, miracles, and wonders. Why? Because we will know He is more than anything. I want God more than I have breath. I want God more than anything. Job said it like this in Job 23 and verse 12, I have esteemed the words of His mouth more than my necessary food. He said, I want God more than a cheeseburger. I want God more than pizza. I want God more than lunch this afternoon. He said, I want God more than food in my belly. And I tell you, when you want God more than you want food, when you want God more than you want pleasure, when you want God more than you want sin, when you want God more than anything in this world, it is then and only then that you will have Him. When He becomes more important than your money, when he becomes more important than your status or your job, when he's more important than your car or your home or more important than your spouse, you are going to have him in measures you cannot even imagine. And he will speak to you. And he will tell you things and he will open up your heart and he will speak things to you in a service that others won't hear even though they're in the same room as you. Why? 
Because when somebody is desperate for God, they have a deep connection with God. Desperate people know His voice. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. When you are desperate for God, you are sensitive to Him and you hear Him. Everybody else may say, what's the big deal? I'll tell you what the big deal is. He is speaking to me. He's saying some things. He's doing something in my life. It does not matter what everybody else is doing. He is moving in my life. I'm desperate. And I would tell you today, there are a few things I know about God. One being that we are irresistible to Him. And when we get desperate for Him, He will come to us like a magnet. The God of all hope is drawn to our hopelessness. He cannot help Himself but to come to the rescue of His child. Scripture said, when we have a broken and contrite spirit, the Lord is drawn nigh unto us. When you're broken, you don't have to go looking for God because He's already looking for you. When you're broken, you don't got to worry about whether or not you're going to find Him because He's going to find you. I don't know what your afternoon is. I, I, I don't know what you have planned this week. I don't know if you've got a big day tomorrow. Honestly, it doesn't make that big a difference for me. But I will tell you this. If there is somebody that will get desperate enough to say, you know what, the stakes are going to burn chicken is going to burn. The roast is going to burn. Plans are going to be put aside because I have got to get something from God today. You will have God and you will get God and you will know God and He will speak to you. I'm well aware I'm not preaching to everybody today. But I'm speaking to somebody that when you get hungry, He is going to come to you. And He is going to speak. Let them shut the lights off in this building. Let the altar service be over. But you stay in this altar and you don't leave until God does something in your life. You've got to get desperate. You've got to get desperate for Him. God is drawn to those who lose hope in everything except Him. The comfortable life that we live in America can quickly become a curse to us when we can sit in service after service and feel that we don't need God. When we can come into this room and we can sit on, on these padded chairs that are so comfortable and say, you know what, I'm so strong and I'm so powerful in my own right that I do not need God in my life. We are fools. And the Bible says, call no man a fool, but we are fools when we play around and sit in the service and think that we do not need God because we are strong enough to do it on our own. Hannah was vexed. They were going on with their sanctimonious duties and their priestly duties. And the priest heard something and he said it was something that sounded abnormal in the church. But how sad is that that the sound of a woman calling out for God who was desperate for something in her life. How sad is it that that was abnormal? And how sad is it when that becomes the truth in our churches? When it becomes abnormal to hear somebody crying out for God and we say they're drunk and they have no place in this building and I don't know if Hannah spoke, and if she did, I don't know what she said, but I do know this, that priest went back and apologized to her because he could not recognize a woman who was so desperate that she did not care about anything else. And so she got desperate. Somebody say desperate. Our church is on a journey. There is a shifting, and God has been working on us. He's repositioning us. He is realigning us. If you've been a part of Monday Night Prayer the last couple of months, you would understand that if you've been a part of our services the last few months, you would understand that there is a shift in the atmosphere. 
that God is doing some very special things, that heaven has begun to open herself over us and pour the anointing oil over us. And God is calling and He is drawing. He is seeking after this church. And I think that there are people who have decided to follow Him, no turning back. People who understand we are living in the last of the last days. That God is coming back for His church. Is this okay? Can I preach what I feel for a few moments? But there are also those who even in the apostolic church do not believe that He is coming back. And they live their life that way. Like tomorrow is a guarantee or a promise. But the fact is that there is a church inside the church that the Lord is coming back for. There is a bride without blemish or spot that He is coming to call unto Himself. So what is the hope for this world? I will tell you what it is. It is one thing and one thing alone. It is a desperate church. Somebody, anybody, everybody, musicians, you can come. And there is a battle going on between the God of this world and the God of all power. God is trying to call for us and draw us and get our attention and asking us to put our golf clubs down and forget about being in the woods on opening day of deer season. Forget about the sales at the mall. Forget about things that don't matter. Forget about vacation. Forget about things that are trying to pull us away. He said, my heart is a deer running toward the water brook. David said, I see a deer that is running and jumping and it's free and joyful going towards the water and he said that is how I feel about God my heart beats fast I want to run to him I want him to refresh me I want him to touch me and until we get to a place where we want him more than anything else we will never be satisfied until we get desperate for the deep things of God. Not just the topical stuff that doesn't really matter, but the deep relationship, the deep things of God. We will never be satisfied. We will go through this life a drifter. And we will get to a deathbed one day and look back and say, what was it all for? I have wasted my life. We have got to become desperate for God. My heart panteth. There are people who said, I don't want to go to church, Pastor. I don't want religion. I don't want any of that stuff. I don't want to hear you preach about God. I don't want you to say anything or do anything. I don't want you to convict me for the life I'm living. I just want to live how I want to live. Until a tumor wakes them up. And then they want Pastor to come and pray for them. They're desperate then God's not a bad word in their life. Then God is not something, but He is everything. As we stand all across this room, my father was with a man at the end of his life. He was a wealthy man. He was a well-respected man. And he was getting ready to die, and he was on his deathbed. And that man looked at my dad, Pastor James Kirk, and he said, Pastor, 
I have a membership to everywhere except to heaven. Let that sink in for a moment. He said, I can afford any place. I can buy anything I want. I can go on any trip. I can be a part of any group. I can be a part of any club. But he looked at my father, and as he was laying on that bed about to die, about to step out of time and into eternity, he looked at Pastor James Kirk, and he said, Pastor, the one thing I never counted on is that I would be gone so quick. He got desperate. And we have got to learn how to move when the Spirit moves. Paul said, in him we move. And we have our being. In Him, we live. That's why the children of Israel in the wilderness had a pillar of cloud by day and fire by night. And they understood that when the pillar of cloud by day or the fire by night moved, they moved. They were desperate to get to the promise of God. And they understood that the only way to reach the blessing and promises that God has given is to move when He moves. They understood desperation. Desperation says, I can't leave the service the same way I came in. Desperation says, I must know God in the power of his might and the fellowship of his suffering. Desperation says, I won't let you go, God, until you bless me. Desperation says, I may be called crazy, I may be called emotional. I may be called a drunk. It doesn't matter. I want God. So if you want to come to an altar, this altar is open right now. And I would encourage you to step out of where you're at and come and kneel at this altar and get desperate for God today. I would encourage you to crucify your flesh. I would encourage you to find a place to get desperate and seek after Him. If you can't kneel, that's okay, then stand. If you can't stand, then sit. But I am begging somebody in this house today to get desperate for God. I am begging somebody to do something completely abnormal to what you're used to. I know the doctors gave you a report that has you scared out of your mind right now. But if you will get desperate, I promise before you walk out of this room, your life will completely change. I promise that God will breathe on you. I promise that through His breath, life and life more abundantly will come to you. Will you get desperate today? I'm getting desperate today. I'm begging somebody to reach for God right now. I know it's uncomfortable. I know what I've preached is a hard word to hear. But I am begging somebody to do something completely different from what you normally do. I am begging somebody to go after the deep things of God. I am begging somebody to seek after Him while He may be found. I am begging somebody to make a decision today that will affect the rest of your life but not just the rest of your life the rest of your eternity oh God